Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. I'm so excited to have with us today the, the film, the director of this really terrific documentary, uh, and told from a perspective that not often do we get a chance to um, to hear, and that would be Will Allen. The film is called Holy Hell, in uh, 1985. He uh, he was a recent uh, film school grad. He's going to get his postdoctorate degree today here on Film School. I promise it'll be an honorary one, but a good one. Uh, he's a he became a member of something called a Buddha Field, a Los Angeles area spiritual group. Uh, also uh, acting as group's official videographer, which came, comes in very handy, by the way. Will, way to go. Uh, he began to document firsthand the activities, their activities, which centered around a mysterious leader they called the Teacher, or Michelle. Uh, over time, the group's dark side began to surface, and we're just going to leave it there because we got to talk to Will about all this stuff. Will Allen, director of Holy Hell, uh, and opening here in Los Angeles uh, today, I think we're opening uh, at a couple of different theaters. We'll get into all that as well. Santa Monica Film. What is it? We're at the uh, Lemley Santa Lemley. Monica. Oh, yeah, the, Lemley, the new Lemley in um, Second Street. Very new good. Improved. Yes. Yeah, excellent. Well, that is Will Allen. Will, welcome to film school. Hi. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> you know, normally I say, so how did this documentary come to you? Why are, you know, how did you get involved? <laughs> Let's, I think that that goes without saying. Tell us a little bit about your journey and they'll get to the part where you decide, you know, I want to do something with this footage and, and make it into a documentary. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. That's a question I get asked a lot, and it's an odd answer because I never really planned on making a documentary for the world about my experience, especially while I was living it. Um, it was just, I was just continually filming uh, and making movies for my friends and uh for our group, and I would make documentaries every couple years about what we were doing, and um, when I got out of the group, when everything ended badly, um, I never wanted to look back. I never wanted to go back and explore any of it. I just wanted to heal myself and move forward and, and create a new life, and all of us did that in different ways, but after a few years had gone by, this subject wasn't leaving me. It wasn't, nothing was better. <laughs> you know, I was, uh -huh. I had done this for 20 years. And so I, I just felt like it was my, a lot of different things. One for my healing, one to understand what happened and one to share it because that's kind of who I am as a filmmaker. And I was coming back into my own, my own power, I think, by making this film. And I knew that a few years ago, I started this four years ago. It took me four years to get this done. And I think part of it was, all of it was empowering for me. And also it was a service, a service that I feel like I needed to do to share our experience with other people, uh, something we kept hidden and secret from everyone, which is what creates such damage in our society. So yeah. I thought being transparent and honest was, was what was part of my journey. <laughs> Well, it and it is such a fascinating look. And again, I think, uh, in addition to just being some a very interesting and compelling story, I think what makes it so is uh, obvious the level of comfort that yourself and the members of Buddha Field and Michelle. Am I saying Michelle? Is that how he pronounces? Yes. It? <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of a French word he yeah. borrows. Michelle. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, the comfort level obviously gives this film uh, a sense of intimacy and unguarded. If and that's kind of a loaded word to say unguarded when when you're talking about Michelle, but at least right. the appearance right. of the appearance of a, a certain level of trust certainly in 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 the yeah. films that you see. Yeah. So uh, that's again what I feel like makes this even. Uh, you know the level of the filmmaking is wonderful, but the insight is because yeah. of that. I think it really raises the the bar mm. on this. Film. And I'm I'm really I'm really grateful to my friends. You know these are my longtime friends who who I love and they love me and I trust them and they were able to open up to me and we have an openness and we were able to capture that on camera. You know, in an interview here. You know, and um, that's that's why I think my friends brought that transparency to the subject because none of us want to hide this anymore yeah. you know there's nothing healthy in that so yeah well tell tell our listeners a little bit about what attracted <laughs> you to, what attracted you to what what uh, michelle had to offer the teacher what what he had to offer what yeah. was your initial sort of why 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 were you there what yeah. did you feel like this well this... what he had to offer and why i was there was kind of two different reasons i mean why i came was because i was my sister brought me to this group of meditators in 1985, and there was nothing I'd ever seen that was similar to that. So it was a new, a new exposure for me to something kind of radical, antisocial, you know, kind of going within. It was very East meets West, and it's kind of common now. You know, yoga's kind of taken over America, and people understand the benefits of yoga. Well, we were kind of taking that really to the far extremes. And when I met, when I heard the teacher first, what really attracted me to it was he was talking about a spiritual experience that was equivalent to drugs. You know, I had done experimental drugs when I was in college, mm -hmm. and I, I know I, I tapped into things that were profound for me, and I wanted to sustain that, that depth that I would explore. And But he was really encouraging everybody that drugs, you know, is not the answer. It's an outside source that tapping into something inside that's actually you know, available to you, but organically. So I was really turned on by, by that. I stopped doing any kind of drugs. I stopped drinking. I stopped drinking caffeine, sugar, just to be able to tap into the spiritual nature that we all have, right? Mm -hmm. And that was my innocent beginnings. It was just, you know, it was very worth exploring that. But the teacher was very inspiring and, and, and brought us all deeper and deeper and deeper, and our commitment became deeper, and he was really into pushing us to go all the way to enlightenment. And I ended up giving up my career slowly, not automatically, uh, for this love-filled, you know, journey. Well, and Will, Will Allen, by the way, we're speaking with the director, Will Allen, of the film, the documentary film, um, Holy Hell. It is opening at the, Lemley, the Monica Lemley uh, Film Center. And uh, and that's on Third Street. Is that the one on Second Street? Second, Second. pardon me, Second mm -hmm. Street in Santa Monica. That's the promenade. <laughs> People will know that. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful place to go and hang out and see a great film, and then go. I mean, it's a wonderful little stretch of yeah. Santa We're Monica. We're doing Q and A with cast members tonight and tomorrow and Sunday as well. Well, I was going to ask you. So you're there. What screenings are you going to be at? I think I'm going to try and hang out there just because I want to be available and present. But I think that um, we're all going to be doing it like at the evening screening, like the seven, whatever the seven o'clock show, you know, time is. Well, I'll tell you right now, it is the seven thirty, and then there's a ten fifteen. So you will you hang around for the opening of the ten fifteen, or oh, we'll, totally, totally. Yeah. This is very exciting to be 
able to talk to people about it in person. So yeah, I'm I'm here. I live here. I live in Santa Monica. Well, it's I, weird. It's yeah. weird. I made my movie. I made this movie in my apartment, right? I mean, I edited it pretty intensely for four, three years, three, two, whatever. And here we are in my little neighborhood showing it. It's very bizarre. Just like a, just hanging around the neighborhood showing your movie, huh? That's <laughs> okay. fantastic. Well, let's, let's, and I don't, again, I mean, what you described, you, you described as someone who was searching for answers, certain, searching for meaning in life. So let, let's focus on, I want people to watch this film, so we're not going to get into any, any spoilers here. I want people to see this. Thank you. I, I want to see you. your progression. They want, I want to see them to see your progression, the progression of the people within uh, Buddha Field, all of it, because I, mm-hmm. I really think it, it's terrific. And again, this sort of insider's look, this sort of access to, that I think uh, almost any other documentary filmmaker coming in from the outside would not have had, it all adds to the, to the wonderment that is the uh, holy hell. Uh, that's a funny juxtapositioning of wording, isn't it? The the wonderment well, of holy hell. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I know I always wonder what holy hell meant. I mean, when I came up with the title, I was like, "What? It, we say holy hell all the time," and I was like, "Where'd that come from?" You know, and it, it just means like yin and yang, good and bad, love and hate, holy hell. It's like they almost can't be separated. Maybe yeah. you know that's what I was exploring: is how does this happen, and how you know how can someone get into an experience? And and get hurt, you know. How do we get hurt in life in our in our things we trust in in relationships as well? Yeah. And can one go without the other? I don't know. Yeah, I I was going to do a documentary on on a subject, and I was going to call it Saint Monster. So I, I understand that juxtaposition. <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, uh, uh, so I don't want to diminish the uh, this search for truth, the search for beauty, love, all the rest of it. What was it about that that attracted you? I mean, it, you know, distilling it down to his essence, putting aside Michelle for a second. Yeah. What were you you were looking for, and what were the other people that were a part of Budafield? So let, let's well, get to the essence. Well, that's what my film was exploring. And yeah. you know, five years after I got out, I kind of didn't know what my friends. I thought we were all there. You know, we all had our own experience, and I thought everyone was experiencing what I was experiencing, and I thought everyone was there for the same reason. But it turns out we all had different, we're all different people, and we all had different reasons, different needs that were being met. And I wanted to find out what those were, and I wanted to ask people why they stayed. You know, what, how did they get indoctrinated? How could they continue when a part of them was saying this is wrong? You know, uh, when your critical thinking comes in and you ignore it, um, that's a really interesting subject to me. Uh, we all do it, right? And so... I wanted to figure that out, and so um, I, but what I came to understand is that some people were there because they were from disenfranchised families, some people were there because they wanted to have a teacher and a mentor. I wanted a teacher and a mentor. I got out of college, you know, graduated from film school, exhausted, mono, strep, you know, I was just exhausted, and I wanted to make sure I was on the right path, you know, and... I wanted someone to teach me. I hadn't had one of those teachers in college yet who was an example for me of how to live, you know, a whole long life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I was searching for that, I think. And I think a lot of people were searching for community. You know, I think we all found community without realizing it uh, because we all became like-minded people. We all supported each other. We had this unconditional forgiveness with each other, which is part of our teachings. And it's really addictive. You don't want to give that up. Right. Yeah. When you when you find it, so we were lucky in so many ways to have each other. But we also had this crazy teacher who, his premise was was one that we couldn't argue because he would say like enlightened gurus in India, you can't question them, 
they've seen God, and they're outside the box, so anything you come to them with, such as an argument, you're wrong, because they know more than you. Mm-hmm. So we come into this paradigm where we're always subservient to this person who knows more than us. And that's a dangerous situation. You know, maybe it's okay in college, because you're going into a controlled environment where the teachers are, are have credentials, they've gone through school. You know, with spirituality and a lot of things, if people make self proclamations. There's no checks and balances. You have no way to really prove anything. So there's a lot of trust involved, a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that comes with a lot of vulnerability. Yeah, it does. Uh, and uh, it's it's not only your journey, but there are a lot of other people, obviously. I, what was at the at the height of Buddha Field? How many people were, were there? Well, we would always judge our group by how many people came to Christmas. <laughs> okay. We have huge Christmas dinners, right? So some people... Mostly, I would say there's actively, like really actively, at every event we did every every day of the week almost, there's like 80 or 90 who was committed all the time. And then at Christmas, to be like 120 would show up. So there's, okay. there'd be like 20 people who are, would just come for some things. Okay. <laughs> and where and where was now? They lived. You lived on a in a piece of, on a piece of property for the most part. I don't. I, well, no, no, no. That's not true. Okay. No, all we right. all had. No, we, there was no commune or compound. Okay. We were much more integrated into society. Okay. Like a lot of people had jobs. We lived in houses. Okay. Uh, independent from each other, but we'd all cluster in a house. Like you know, you have four people or or eight people in a two story house, and you keep the rent down. And it was very much about not making survival such an issue. You know, we didn't have high overhead, so we could live simply. Okay. But we had our own individual... I mean, I didn't after a while, but most people lived in houses. And it started in L.A. for five years in West Hollywood in 85, and he gets chased out of L.A., and he goes on the run and ends up in Austin, where the story continues mm-hmm. for another 14 years. Right. So we had different locations that we... And it started in Florida before I met him. So my story starts in, in L.A. Yeah. And and there, not only yourself, but there were members of your family. Um, yes, that's true. Who were involved. I'm a bit unique. I'm, I'm, but, you know, I'm unique that way that my sister, my older sister, brought me, which right away I walked into a very trusting environment. Yeah. Right? My sister wouldn't do anything to hurt me, right? Right. Uh, and we brought my other sister in, too, because we were all enjoying this new freedom we were having and this new yeah. outlook. But... Um, a lot of people had their siblings there, so it was a real natural, safe environment for us. We didn't see anything. We had, we had, it's called social proof. When you have social proof, you know, when you see other people doing something and no one's acting too, too, uh, uh, like anything's too strange, you feel, you feel okay. This has been vetted, you know, yeah. somehow it's been vetted. Yeah. All right. Well, I just in the we don't we don't have a whole lot of time. I wish we had more, but I want to talk a little bit about Michelle. I mean, let, let's talk about the the particular characteristics of him as a person, as yeah. bearing what he brought to the to this in terms of his ability mm-hmm. to attract a lot of yeah. And I'll say very intelligent, artistic, you know, well, it seemed to be inquisitive people. Uh, he mm-hmm. was he brought in to Buddha Field. Yeah. So what what was yeah. it? What um, was the essence of him? That you felt well, this she, is so she was also very, very well read. Uh-huh. Very smart. He was very smart. I used to think he was a genius. If he wasn't enlightened, I thought, well, he's a genius or something, because there's, he was just out, out, outspoke and out-talked everyone. Um, he just knew more than us, it seemed like. He was cultured. He spoke many languages. He was talented. He was a hypnotherapist, which, you know, we didn't see any harm in that at the time. Sorry about the noise. 
That's all right. And he was uh, very creative, so he kept us very entertained. You know, he kept us very distracted with creativity and fun, and it was part of our lifestyle. I don't think any of us would have been there if it was just sitting around in the Himalayas meditating all day. You know, we wanted to be in, you know, we wanted to be, um, he, he taught us how to put, um, um, I don't know how to say it, meditation into action. It wasn't like just becoming a still uh, person. It was like putting into action, doing things. But all those things were very, very insular in our group only. They weren't outwards. They weren't including the society. They were excluding society. Right, which yeah. is what's dangerous when you start to not have transparency, hide what you're doing from other people. Uh, a lot of bad things can happen in that environment, and that's what happened to us. Yeah, I, but I, you you asked me a question about his teachings. Yeah, he was very. I'm sorry, I don't know if I answered it. Go ahead. No, you did. I think you did. I think what you said, and and I, I just and again, the the film is holy hell. We're speaking with the director, Will Allen, uh, who is going to be at the uh, Monica uh, Lemley theater on second street for screenings uh tonight friday saturday and sunday you're going to be there for the 730s through all of the that friday saturday and sunday run and you're going to have people that are in the film I, you say cast i'll say people <laughs> that were thank you that thank were you. <laughs> that were in the film and i a lively discussion now i and, and real quickly is there even a remote possibility that you're going to get people and this could make for some great theater are you going to get mm. people? Do you think that are going to try and rebut some of the things that you're, you're that the film is is about? Or oh goodness, I don't care if anyone rebuts anything. That's that's a great conversation. You're right. Yeah. Um, there won't be any pushback here in L.A., but there, there. It's also premiering in Austin today and in New York. And two of my cast members. Wait, what'd you call them? Well, oh. they also call them subjects, which I think sounds very clinical. Yeah. <laughs> There's two people who are in the movie who are going to be in New York representing it. Uh, over the weekend, and there's a whole bunch of people in Austin representing it. I'm going to be here in California. I feel there are people in Austin who want to hide the story. They don't. They don't want to talk about this subject. Uh, it's part of our old paradigm to to hide and to lie. I hate to say it. Um, and I think some people are still in that paradigm. And I think it would be. I think being in Austin, you know, honestly, I would love to be there. I would love to address any. Any anyone who has a problem with the subject? Yeah, no, I I I, I hope. I mean, in some ways, I hope uh, that uh, there is this kind of back and forth, simply because uh, it, it's easy for people to they want to believe that there's someone that can give them all the answers. It makes it so much more easily digestible and relatable and you want that you just want that somebody you tell need me. some guidelines some yeah. guide, guidelines somebody to yes walk, you know. some, yeah it's yeah. somebody tell me how to do this and i understand <laughs> exactly. that impulse and it's a great thing uh in some ways we our parents are sort of in you know they're helping us and it's their our responsibility life. ultimately yeah. Yeah. yeah i think that we all yeah go ahead i'm sorry no no go ahead please well you know we all we all need to figure that out on our own but when you're at a young age nobody has their personality completely formed yeah. i mean i still don't you know i'm 50 now so yeah. i'm still forming my personality it's still yeah. we're always growing so i think at a young age you do want you do want someone to kind of tell you how it's like and we do need teachers in our society we obviously none of us come here completely educated on life so how do we have teachers in our society that don't fall into that hierarchical pinnacle at the top where only they are in control and nobody else has checks and balances with them. That happens in so many areas in our society, and I think that's what happened in our little society, which is like a microcosm or a macrocosm. You know, 
of everything. So I think of my film, I like to think of my film as relatable in different ways because it's like a, a human condition we have. Yeah. It's a human condition that we're all part of. Well, it's a terrific film. I'm so happy you were able to join uh, us today. Uh, yeah. The film is called Holy Hell. The director is Will Allen. A, a really terrific stuff. And for people who go and see this because it's just a window into a world that that we kind of long for, but in, uh, I think there's a part of us that knows it. If it's that easy, maybe maybe there might be something amazing. Yeah, if it's too good to be true. It's too you know. good to be true. But but, uh, but I I do want to say here since I'm talking to film film people. Yeah. You know I edited this film with um, a graduate from USC and you know film school and I was raised in in, in Orange County. You know I lived in Orange County, okay. so this is all very close to home. But Sean Jarrett was an editor, young man who I worked with, and we made this movie. He helped me make this movie because we had to pare down 20 years of footage, 20 years of yeah. story wow. into like, you know, 100 minutes. And so, you know, we wanted, I wanted to take people on this journey the best we could. So well, thank you for asking me the questions because yeah. there's always more questions that can be answered. And you, and people will have an opportunity to do uh, to do what I have not been able to do is ask you more questions uh, at the screening uh, at the Monica Lemley on on Second Street uh, tonight, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and, and, and as well as people from the film. Uh, it'll be wonderful. And get out to Santa Monica, great place to be anyway. And then and then go see a wonderful documentary. Holy hell. Will Allen, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and the interest. No, you're welcome. My pleasure. Take okay. care. See bye. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.